0: A few days ago, the Skim interviewed Democratic vice presidential candidate Kamala Harris. We had asked both Senator Harris and Vice President Mike Pence to join us in the lead up to Election Day. And while we haven't heard back from Pence, we've got all the info you need to learn more about him, President Trump, and Democratic presidential nominee Joe Biden at theskimmcom slash vote. So without any further ado, this is our complete interview with California Senator Kamala Harris. So if elected, what is the first thing you and Vice President Biden would do to stop the spread of COVID-19?
1: When elected, with everyone's help, Joe Biden and I will, as one of our f- highest and first orders of priority, get a rein on COVID. And that's going to be about, first of all, doing what we should we should be able to take from, for granted, which is embrace science, um, speak truth, and, and, and base policy on fact that the public health officials help lead. And so what are we going to do? We will have and implement a national plan for testing for treatment, for contact tracing, and God willing, as soon as we get a safe vaccine for distribution of the vaccine. I'll also tell you Part of Joe's approach and my approach is to recognize that the the pandemic really highlighted longstanding disparities that just got worse, including on this issue of the public health impact of the pandemic, racial disparities. So we also, as part of our plan for implementation, have a task force that is dealing with the racial disparities piece of it to make sure that the resources go in those communities hit the hardest and with the greatest need, so that we have equitable outcomes.
0: So if you win and the president refuses to accept the results or if we have no results for days or weeks, which a lot of people are saying is a possibility, what would you and Vice President Biden do to ensure that there's a peaceful transfer of power?
1: So I know there's been a lot of talk about, you know, is there going to be a peaceful transfer of power? And I'm going to tell you there will be. And I'm going to tell you why because the American people won't stand for anything less, no matter who they voted for. I have faith in the integrity of our democracy. And our democracy, yeah, it's been beat up a bit over these last four years, but our democracy is always going to be as strong as the American people's willingness to fight for it. And when I go out and I walk these streets and meet with folks, I'm going to tell you, people are ready and are currently fighting for our democracy because they know the strength of our democracy is based on the strength of the people. And that's what's going to get us through.
0: Switching to the Supreme Court. So assuming Amy Coney Barrett is confirmed, what does a Supreme Court with her on it mean for our audience? And our audience is majority female and also majority millennial.
1: So I serve on the Senate Judiciary Committee, and um, and I therefore um, can talk with a lot of information about this last confirmation process, which I believe has been illegitimate. And I'm going to tell you why. The great RBG, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, who by force and brilliance it spent her entire life and career fighting for women and women's rights and women's equality in the workplace, in the home, in the world. Um, she, she has left us with an incredible legacy and an opening on the United States Supreme Court. And the Republicans in the Senate and the president have been cramming through a nominee to fill RBG's seat while people are voting on who will be the next president of the United States. And just understand this, we're not talking about an election season. We're not talking about election year. We're talking about the fact that in days, the election is going to be over. Millions of people have been voting. So it is wrong and illegitimate. And the majority of the American people agree with this point. It is wrong to cram that nomination through. Instead of letting the American people decide who will be their next president, And then that person will decide who fills that lifetime appointment to the highest court in our land. And when we think about what the issues are that are at stake, there are so many that directly impact women and our rights. Our civil rights, our rights that should be grounded in what we know the Constitution promises and all of its amendments promise, which include the right to privacy, which include the right for a woman to make decisions about her own body instead of having a Donald Trump and Mike Pence or anybody else telling a woman what she's supposed to do with her own body. And that's the issue of choice. And that is one of the biggest issues that will have a direct impact on women, not only in terms of the freedoms and rights of women. But when we're talking about access to reproductive health care and a woman choosing how she receives that, it has all kinds of consequences that are not only about health care, but economic consequences. We know that where women are deprived of their right to make decisions about their own body, that is a society that also treats women unequally on a number of other levels. So let's always fight for this and know that we cannot take it for granted. And that's why this election for president is so important because whoever decides who sits on that United States Supreme Court is likely to have a role to play and who will decide Roe v. Wade and a woman's right to make decisions about her own reproductive health care.
0: So what is your pitch to women who are planning to vote for President Trump? You're sitting down with one of them, why should they vote for you and Vice President Biden instead?:
1: There is so much at stake in this election, and the things that are at stake are, are they're not even bipartisan, they're nonpartisan, meaning that the party with which you're registered to vote, maybe that informs who you vote for, but I'd ask you to think about the issues and then vote accordingly. So health care. On the one hand, you have Joe Biden who together with President Obama created the Affordable Care Act that brought health coverage to over 20 million Americans that couldn't afford it, that protected people with pre-existing conditions like diabetes, like breast cancer, and said insurance companies can't, pregnancy, (laughs) and said insurance companies can't deny women and and men coverage based on so-called pre-existing conditions. On the other hand, you have Donald Trump, who is in court right now, trying to literally sue to get rid of the Affordable Care Act. The Affordable Care Act created a public health system that said mammograms will be free, that said birth control will be free. And Donald Trump is trying to get rid of it. Well, Joe Biden and I will expand it. You know what else we'll do? We'll expand it in a way that also says, hey, guys, let's understand health care. Well, the body doesn't just start from the neck down. It's also the neck up that's called mental health care and putting resources into that understanding that we all, especially with the trauma so many people have experienced during the the, the pandemic and longstanding issues that we've not addressed. It's these are very important issues. And regardless of your party affiliation, there are two very clear choices on the issue of health care. Joe Biden, who will keep the Affordable Care Act and expand it, Donald Trump, who's trying to get rid of it. And that's just one of the many. We can talk about climate change and the climate crisis. So it represents an existential threat to who we are. This is an issue that is all about our need to breathe clean air and drink clean water. I come from California. We've had wildfires up and down the West Coast, from California to Oregon to Washington, the Gulf states are looking at storms that have battered entire neighborhoods and the Midwest floods. And you know what Donald Trump, when asked about this, said? He was asked, well, what do you say about you know, the fact that climate change has a lot to do with these extreme weather conditions? And this is what the scientists are saying. You know what Donald Trump said? Science doesn't know. Can you believe that? Literally, we need a president of the United States who embraces science. And this is one of the issues that is before us in this election. And I would urge everybody, vote based on the issues. And if you care about health care, if you care about the climate crisis, if you care about women's rights, and those are just three on a much longer list, the choices are very clear. If you care about those things, vote for Joe Biden.
0: So you've already made history on the campaign trail, but if elected, you would make history in a lot of ways as well. And I'm wondering what your message is to young women of color who, um, if elected, would potentially be seen themselves represented in the White House for the first time ever.
1: Well, I've been the first woman and the first person of color, and therefore the first woman of color in almost every position I've had. And, um, and I will tell you, I was raised by a mother who raised me and my sister and she had lots of advice. And one piece of advice was she'd say, calmly, you may be the first to do many things, but make sure you're not the last. And so I have always, um, felt a very strong sense of responsibility to make sure that whenever I walk in that door as the first, that I leave the door open and wider and, you know, there's a saying that we have each one pulled one, right? Um, and so it is sad that still in our country, we are making so many firsts. But the point then is that we, each of us with the, the, the sacrifice and the challenge that comes with breaking barriers, we have a responsibility to make sure we're not going to be the last one to walk through that door. And that's how I feel. And I feel very strongly about that.
0: So these next questions are a little more fun. Um, What is something people can't learn about you from your resume?
1: What people probably can't learn from my resume about me is I love to cook and I'm actually pretty good at it.
0: (laughs) Well, now I have to ask, what is your favorite thing to cook?
1: Um, I love cooking a variety of things, but I guess my favorite go-to is a really mean roast chicken. (laughs)
0: What is your favorite thing to do as a mamala to your kids?
1: My favorite thing to do with my kids as their mamala is actually Sunday family dinner. And we all participate. Ella usually makes some beautiful dessert. Cole is responsible for turning on some good music and setting the table. We all have our our piece. And um, it's the favorite thing in, in the world.
0: Favorite guilty pleasure TV show?
1: Favorite TV show. So I, these days I don't have time. I don't consistently watch anything. So I, I, am not watching any series, but, um, when I have a chance to unwind, name the Marvel movie and I'm watching it and probably it's the fifth time I've seen it.
0: (laughs) What are you reading right now? What's on your nightstand?
1: My campaign briefings. (laughs) What I'm reading right now is my campaign briefings. (laughs)
0: What is your favorite book of all time outside of campaign reading?
1: Oh, I have many. Um, probably, I mean, one that comes to mind just at the moment is Raisin in the Sun. I mean, there's so many though.
0: What is your favorite campaign rally song?
1: Work That by Mary J. Blige. That is my walk-on song, as we call it. So my walk-on song, my favorite campaign song, is Work That by Mary J. Blige. And it gets me dancing every time.
0: (laughs) And last one, favorite drink after a long day.
1: I love chamomile tea, actually. After a really long day, that's the thing that just lets me unwind and just relax.
0: And lastly, our mission as the skim in voting is really, regardless of party, just to get women out to vote. So if you had to give an elevator pitch to a female millennial who is on the fence about voting, might tell people she's going to vote, but not actually making the effort, you have 30 seconds with her, what is your pitch to cast a ballot?
1: You have to vote because your vote is your voice during election time and your voice has so much power and don't ever take yourself out of the game by not exercising your voice, which is an expression of your power to make a decision about who will be in these positions that will make decisions about your life. So don't let anyone ever take your power from you and don't ever Leave yourself outside of the game when these decisions are being made. You be at the table. And at election time, that includes making sure you vote.
0: Thank you so much, Senator. We really appreciate the time. It's
1: good to be with you.
0: Take care. Thanks for listening to a special episode of Skim This. The interview you just heard was conducted by the Skim's Eugenia Cassidy and adapted for audio by Peter Bonaventure. I'm Justine Davey. We'll be back in your feed on Friday with the rest of the week's news. For more skim and to sign up for our daily newsletter, head on over to theskim.com.